it's hard. You have to be really organized. I am a list maker. I'm constantly making lists and crossing things off um, to stay organized. But, you know, I have a lot of interests, which is why I have a lot of things going on. But in order to do that successfully, yeah, you have to be organized. Welcome to the Wear Wag Repute podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I am talking with fellow dog blogger, Candy Pilar Godoy. We talk about how she grew her blog, BoogieThePug.com, from zero to over 50,000 sessions per month in just a few years. Of course, SEO played a big part, and Candy shares her favorite online course to learn more about that. In addition to her blog, over the past couple of years, Candy started two new online dog lover communities on Instagram. One is Dogs of NYC. And the other is a history of dogs. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that she ran a history of dogs. It is one of my favorite accounts. And I was very surprised to learn in this interview that she's grown it to over 42,000 followers and counting without doing many reels. In fact, out of 570 posts, only 36 of them are reels. Yes, I did go check. (laughs) This goes to show that it is possible to pursue your pet industry dreams your way. This conversation with Candy shows that you can have great success building your own online community of dog lovers when you do what works for you, not what everyone else tells you to do. Ah, that is my favorite moral of any story. Just be yourself. If this resonates with you, please rate and review this podcast. On Apple Podcasts, I have over 100 reviews, and I would like to keep that party going. So go leave a quick review and send me a screenshot so I can thank you personally. You can tag me in a story, or you can DM it to me on Instagram at wherewagrepeat. Candy Pilar Godoy has visited over 40 countries across six continents, and she speaks three languages. She often travels with her dogs, Boogie and Marcello, and she writes about pet travel on her blog, boogiethepug.com. Candy also runs Dogs of NYC, a community all about dog-friendly New York City, and a history of dogs, where she tells the stories of good dogs throughout history. And it's one of my favorite Instagram accounts. Candy currently lives in New York City with her two dogs, her cat Kitty, her partner, and their newborn little baby. Hi, Candy. Hi, Tori. How are you? I'm doing so good. I'm really excited to talk to you because I just, I do admire everything you do online and a history of dogs truly is one of my favorite Instagram accounts. Oh, thank you so much. It's so nice to hear. So tell us a little bit, um, you do so many things, um, but where did it all start? Like, what was the first piece of this puzzle that has become a giant jigsaw? <laughs> it started with my blog. Um, I used to, once upon a time, work in photography production. So I traveled a lot for my work. 
And my partner, he's an anthropologist, so he traveled a lot. And we had our animals and we would bring them with us. Um, we lived in Brazil for a bit. That's where we got our cat. We adopted our dogs in, both in New York. But, you know, we were constantly bringing our pets with us. And I would always have people ask me, like, how are you traveling with your dogs? Like, how are you bringing them with you? Um, you know, how is it possible? And so one summer we were in Brazil for the summer and um, I was bored and I was like, I'm just going to start a blog. I'm going to write down like how I did it. And it all started from there. That was in 2017. Oh, wow. So it's not even that long ago that you started blogging. No, about five years. That's awesome. So you started blogging about how to travel with the dogs uh, and then it kind of expanded into like even more dog mom lifestyle stuff, like recipes and, and all kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I got more serious when the pandemic started because, you know, everyone was grounded. I couldn't really travel. I wasn't working much. And I was like, you know, I don't have much to do right now. Let me try and focus on my blog. And it was great. It ended up being super great. I got onto Mediavine. Um, I started evolving the blog to include more things. And that's how I got the idea for Dogs of NYC because I'm a New York native. I know a lot about dog friendly New York city. I was stuck in New York during the pandemic. And I was like, let me just like, you know, see what I can do here. There's a lot of dogs in this city. Um, let's start a community. And that's evolved into like a pretty great Instagram page. Yeah. So what else, um, Okay. So, you, so, okay. I'm trying to organize my train of thought here. So you've got <laughs> Boogie the Pug, which is the blog and Instagram too. Everything has an Instagram account. And right. then Dogs of NYC, you started an Instagram account, right? First. And then right. does it also, has it evolved into in-person meetups and community things? No, it's all online. And that's okay. mostly because of the pandemic. Like people weren't really meeting in, in person as much. Um, so I've thought about maybe like doing stuff in person now that things are much better, but I just had a baby and <laughs> we'll see, maybe down the line, that'll be something it, it evolves to, but for right now it's all on Instagram. Okay. And then your third Instagram account, history of dogs. When did you start that? I mean, I guess we're still in the pandemic, so it's, it's still in the pandemic, but when did you start that? Right. That was another pandemic idea. I just love dogs and I love history. Um, and there are so many crazy dog stories throughout history that people just don't know about. And so I was like, let me write about some of this. And I started to do it and it's really taken off. It's my most successful Instagram page thus far. And it's also the youngest. I've only been doing it for uh, less than two years now. I think about a year and a half. Yeah. And it already, I just looked, it has like 42,000 followers and it's, you know, still a very relatively new account. Yeah. People love dogs. (laughs) It's been good. And so it's, it is like a, like a micro blog, I guess I would call it because it doesn't have, there's not like a website for it. Right. It's just the Instagram. Right. Um, it's just the Instagram I have, you know, right now it's a hobby Instagram. I don't make any money off of a history of dogs, but I really hope that in the future, since it's so new that it can develop into something else, maybe a book, um, maybe a website. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought it through right now. It's just still a hobby and I'm still building the community for it. Yeah. I could see a lot of cool things. The first, when you said book, then my mind jumped immediately to, um, like one of those day of the year calendars where every day there's like a different dog in history. That'd be so cool. (laughs) 
Oh, that'd be such a great idea. Yeah. The problem is that, and I have to look this up. I have to do some research on this, but like, you know, some of the pictures are in the public domain that I share, but some are not, which is a little, you know, (laughs) I'd have to see what I can do around that. Um, But yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be more complicated to like print it on a published thing. Right. Exactly. Um, So I have some ideas for it, but as of now, it's just a hobby. Do you have a favorite story that you've shared on there? Yes. Well, there's a lot of favorites, but I think one that's really funny is um, a story that happened a couple years ago. There was a teddy bear exhibit at a museum in England. And, you know, they had all of these like really old, vintage, expensive teddy bears. There was even a teddy bear that belonged to Elvis Presley that was on display. And they had a security guard that watched over, you know, the exhibit because it was expensive. It was insured. These bears were like pretty valuable. And the security guard had a watchdog, a Doberman named Barney. And the security guard turned his back for a second and Barney just went nuts. As you can imagine, I mean, come on, like a dog in a room full of stuffies, like I can't blame him, but he just destroyed all of these teddy bears, including the Elvis bear. I remember seeing that post and it was hilarious. There's a lot of photos that go with it (laughs) and and the destruction. And I just, I can imagine this poor dog, the guard dog went to work every night and was like, hold it together. You can do this. (laughs) Don't freak out. And then one night he just couldn't take it anymore. (laughs) There's just so many questions because it's like, first of all, the security guard and the dog, like are standing there and there's a picture of like the destruction and it's like who took this picture why did they take it like whose idea was it to have dogs around stuffies why aren't these stuffies all behind you know glass cages or glass uh sorry yeah boxes or something (laughs) yeah yeah. um you know there's just a lot of questions that go along with with the story but it's really funny it's very funny uh it it reminds me of something uh some friends and i have been talking about Lately, we've been sharing stories of our dogs being assholes. <laughs> and uh, that that story would definitely fit into that category. <laughs> yeah. So there's so many good stories. I mean, another cool thing that I didn't even know as a New Yorker is that up until the late 90s, I believe, um, Macy's had guard dogs that lived in Macy's on the oh. top floor and that would patrol the store at night. And I'm talking about the Macy's flagship store on 34th street in New York city. So for years they had dogs that just like lived in Macy's and that came out at night. That is so fascinating. It, it, it's not, it's, that's like on such a different, different level, but my grandfather, um, he, he passed away maybe five or six years ago. He was just shy of 98 years old. So when wow. he was, when he was growing up, which was a hundred years ago, literally, um, his family owned a grocer and they, their dog, they had a German shepherd. I think it was named Prince or King or something like that. Or maybe they alternated every other dog was like Prince and King. Uh, and they, he, he guarded the grocery store every night, all night long. He just sat in front of the store. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different wow. times. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, okay. We love talking about dog history, but let's talk about, um, blogging and just how you, how you really manage all of this, because as people can hear listening to just these stories, you do a lot of things. So how, how do you really, you know, do you have any advice for people on how to 
multitask? You know, do you time block? How do you how do you divide up your time of what you're going to invest in in the blog versus the two different Instagram accounts? How do you multitask? Oh, this is like something that I have been working on for a while because I have so many things going on. Um, I try to block out my time. So I'll say, okay, every Wednesday I'm going to work on my blog um, and I'll like dedicate a day or a section of the day to one thing that I'm working on. Um, And so I'll have a goal for every week. Like I want to, you know, for example, write two blog posts a week. So I'll say, okay, uh, you know, Wednesday from this time to this time and Thursday from this time to this time, I'll be working on my blog. And I try and like block out sections of time to work on different things. I mean, it's hard. You have to be really organized. I am a list maker. I'm constantly making lists and crossing things off um, to stay organized. But, you know, I have a lot of interests, which is why I have a lot of things going on. Um, But in order to do that successfully, yeah, you have to be organized. And and do you also kind of schedule out your posts for the Instagram accounts or is it something that just kind of happens on the fly? No, I totally schedule them out. I, I use um, a scheduler and I, you know, for history of dogs, I'll do like a month at a time so that I don't even have to like think about it for a whole month. You know, um, I try and like block things out and group it, group them so that, you know, if I'm working on Tuesday on a history of dogs, I just do like as much stuff as I can do. And I I plan it all out and I do it all at once. So I just don't have to think about it again. And then do you also go in and are you engaging on the Instagram account on a daily basis? Um, or is everything auto posting and you just kind of like let it roll? It depends. Like, so I try and go in and, and engage with people, but for example, like I gave birth in June. I was like, I'm not gonna, you know, the whole month of June, I am out of here. I'm not doing anything. And so I had all of June already scheduled. So I didn't even have to look at my Instagram if I didn't want to. I mean, it's good to engage with your audience, obviously. So I did whenever I had a chance to, but I wasn't like, oh my God, I have to do this right now, you know, because it was already planned. Yeah. I'm, I'm just always so curious about people's, you know, recent observations about that because I've just, done some experiments myself and noticed that the Instagram, my insights, like my engagement, according to my insights, doesn't really go down. If I don't comment and interact with people, um, you can pretty much have an account that's still being seen and still visible, even if you don't spend very much time at all commenting back to people, which is kind of crazy. Totally. Totally. I mean, it, I, I do think it's important to engage with your audience when you can, but I definitely am not at a point where I want to be like, I need to check my phone every hour or something like that. You know, like I, I want to set it and forget it as much yeah. as I can. And then when I have like a free five minutes, I can like check in on it and write to people or respond to people or, or like their comments, et cetera. But nothing is like, it has to happen now. And do you think that the key to the growth of, um, especially the history of dogs account is because the posts are so shareable and they're, you know, do they get a lot of shares? Is that how the account has grown so much? Yeah, I get tons of shares. Um, something that's really interesting. I think about a history of dogs is that I don't ever really publish any reels. Interesting. Yeah. I'd say like 99% of my content are photos and I'm still growing. Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're just a rebel. (laughs) I just, I just haven't thought of like a way to 
make reels for a history of dogs that a way that wouldn't just take a lot of time, you know, like if it was me, maybe narrate, like saying the story while doing a loop of the photos, but that would just take forever. It's so much easier for me to write things out and just publish it. Um, but you know, I haven't had a reason to make reels because I'm still growing with photos. So as long as it's working, I'll just keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And for anyone listening, it's just like, do what works for you. Cause like that works for your schedule and your lifestyle and you don't want to make reels for it. Uh, and, and you don't have to. Right. And because it's a hobby right now, I'm not willing to like put in that extra work. I mean, I think if it was my only thing that I was doing, I would, but I have a blog. I have dogs of NYC. I started this other blog recently (laughs) about dogs also. So it's like, I have other things too. So like, and history of blogs is growing, you know, if it was not growing and like nothing was happening, then I would, you know, see what else I could do, but because it's growing and things are going well, like I'm just leaving it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it sounds good to me. I like it. Um, well, so speaking of your blog, uh, I, I do want to pick your brain a little bit because I am, I just admire what you've done, like growing and getting on Mediavine. And I myself have been toiling away, writing and writing and writing and haven't been able to get there. And I had some issues on my site, uh, that were more complicated than, than, than just writing blog posts. Like something happened where Google, was like being blocked from <gasps> reading, reading my site. No, <laughs> terrible. Uh, and it took a really long time to figure it out. Uh, and, you know, I reached out to so many people to try and get them to help me. And like, no one really would help me. Uh, and so it just took a ton of trial and error. And like, I was willing to pay people to do this. Um, and no one would really help me because I think they're like, oh, that sounds complicated. I'm not getting oh. involved. Um, so I was finally able to figure it out and it, it ended up being an easy solution in the end. Um, so I, I had bigger issues than that, but let's ignore my issues and let's talk about your successes. And so, um, how, how have you gone from zero to Mediavine within just a few years? And for people who are listening, who don't know, um, to qualify for Mediavine, you need 50,000, uh, visitors, Sessions. Sessions. Okay. 50,000 sessions per month on your site. Uh, and it's an ad network uh, where they get, you know, good rates for banner ads and stuff on your site. So how, how'd you do it, Candy? I will say that, you know, for a long time, I was like, I'm never going to make it, you know, like I was just like, oh, this isn't going to happen for me. So I totally understand feeling that way. I mean, blogging is definitely a marathon, right? It's like an ultra marathon. (laughs) Totally. And you read about these people who start a blog and within six months they're on Mediavine and I'm like, oh my gosh. But you know, people who do that, first of all, I think have a lot of experience. It's not their first blog. And second of all, you know, they have a lot of maybe like time and resources. Maybe they're hiring writers or you know, they're doing things ultra fast. So if you're just like, a, you know, I'm a one woman show. I know you are too, for the most part, we both are. And so there's only so many hours in a day, you know, I have a life too. Like I have a baby now. Like, so I played like, for me, it was like the long game, you know, I just tried to 
learn as much as I could about blogging. When I first started, it was a hobby. So I was just doing everything wrong. I was writing these terrible posts and like nothing was, you know, it was not good. But once I got serious about it, I was like, okay, I need to educate myself because this is my first blog. You know, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I invested in some courses. Um, I started reading as much as I could. I started looking at other blogs that were successful, seeing what they were doing. Um, and I still do that, even though I'm on Mediavine, like I haven't stopped. I just got an audit a couple days ago, like a site what, audit. What does that mean? So it's like, you have like an expert come in and look at your site and tell you like, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly, what you're doing that's working, what you're doing that's not Ooh, working, things you have that. to fix. Yeah. I mean, I have the, my auditor just like gave me like six months worth of, of work to do to fix things on my blog. And do you, do you know how to, how to fix the things that they recommended? Some of the stuff I do know, some I'll try and figure out myself. And for the things that are just too complicated, I'll hire someone to do, you know, like my husband is always like, if you can just pay someone to do something and like, it's going to take you like 20 hours to figure it out, but it'll take them an hour to do it. Like just pay for it, you know? So like, I'm still learning. Um, Especially with website stuff, because some of it, you know, someone who has been doing this for years and has the experience, they can do it very quickly Um, compared to, you know, we would have to learn from scratch and it's maybe not worth it. Right. Right. I mean, it's great to learn, but, you know, some things are really complicated, like coding. I don't really know how to do that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I'm like always learning and there's always room for improvement with blogging. And so do you feel like um, the traffic that you were getting, was it organic traffic from Google or were you getting a lot of traffic from Pinterest or did you have a different strategy? Everything or like not everything, but most of my traffic is organic. That's I awesome. Concentrate, yeah, I concentrated heavily on SEO. Um, so I get most of my traffic from Google. And, you know, when I first started blogging, I was thinking like, oh, I'll get my traffic from Instagram for my Instagram page or, you know, from a newsletter or something like no. Not at all. I know. Instagram is um, probably the worst (laughs) traffic source. It's like way at the bottom of the list, at least for me. Same here. Yeah. So Instagram is good for for building our communities, um, but it really doesn't drive traffic. Um, So it's it's part of the plan, but... um, you know, you just have to think about, you know, if you're, I, I wonder that myself sometimes I was just thinking this today as I was saving all these reels audios that I want to use. Uh, I was like, am I wasting my time doing all of this when I should be on my site blogging? If I really want to get on Mediavine, I should put all my time into that. So I don't know. What do you think? It's definitely a balancing act. Um, and it, you know, it's hard to know where to, put your attention and invest your time. Like I'm kind of having the same thoughts about TikTok. I'm like, I know I should be getting into TikTok because that's the new thing. I mean, my nieces don't even have Instagram. They only have TikTok. Um, So I'm like, oh, I should be doing that. But I just, I don't have like the time and the desire. And so I think half of it is kind of like, what you're comfortable with. And I think experimenting is important. Like I have experimented with TikTok. I've used it and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely, it's, it's difficult to figure out what's worthwhile and what's not. It is. Yeah. And it's, you have to be kind of harsh. And I think, 
you know, like you had someone come and audit your site. It's almost beneficial if, if someone who, who knows you, or you can pull your audience kind of, and see like, what do you ask them? Like, what do you think is your, your favorite thing that I do? Is it the blog or the Instagram or TikTok or, or whatever? And then kind of give you some direction, I guess. And I don't even think people know all that I do. I'm so bad at advertising myself and my projects. And, you know, I don't really show my face on dogs of NYC and I never, I've never shown my face on a history of dogs. Um, and I use Boogie's Instagram just for fun. You know, I don't really take it seriously. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. There's just so many hats you have to wear when you, when you blog and you do social media and content creation. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so now that you um, have do all these things, you've built these communities, you've built your site traffic. Um, and, and I know you just started your blog in 2017, which is not that long ago, but if you could go back to maybe 2016 or 2017, um, what, what do you think you would tell yourself then? What would you have done differently? I would say like, if you're serious about this and you want to do it, invest in yourself, you know, like if I had taken the courses that I took earlier, I would have gotten in, into Mediavine earlier. You know, it takes so Google, you can't, like, you can't leave people hanging. What were the courses you took? Yeah. So I took a couple, but I'll say the one that really changed things for me. And that was the most helpful is stupid, simple SEO. Well, that's pretty clear. I've never heard of that, but it, it sounds appealing. It's a really great course. It really like, you know, it broke things down in a really easy way that made, made things kind of click in my head. And I was finally like, oh, okay. I think, I think I get it. I think I can do this. SEO is very confusing to me. I don't know if it's because I think like you have a, and I have a creative brains and it's just like SEO is very analytical and it's just hard for me. I think that's why like finding a person slash course who that makes sense for you is important. You know what I mean? Like I really love that course, but someone else maybe didn't. And maybe they really understood things with someone like a, a different course, you know, there's just so many things out there. Um, and so many people offer free things, like kind of as like a taste of what their course is like. So you can see like, Oh, okay. Like I get this person. I can understand them. I should invest in this. Um, yeah. So yeah. If I could go back, I would be like, okay, start, start your like education on blogs earlier. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great advice. I think a lot of bloggers would probably say that. Before we go, um, people love your dogs, Boogie and Marcelo. How did they come into your life? And you said you adopted them both in NYC. I did. So I got Boogie first. Um, I adopted him from a rescue called Badass Brooklyn Animal Rescue in Brooklyn. Um, and then when I had, so, well, first I had Kitty, my cat, uh, my partner and I found him as a stray cat in Brazil. When we got back to the States, we adopted Boogie. Then I would, was fostering for a couple of years. And finally, I decided uh, to adopt a Chihuahua. And so we got Marcelo when he was three and a half. Now he's 11. Um, and he's a puppy mill rescue. He's just the best. I love following them on Instagram. They just, they're like, just the like silver, silver frosted senior dog. I know. <laughs> oh, it makes me so sad. They're, I mean. No, I, I love it. This. I love it. 
I didn't mean for it to happen, but they're all around the same age. Boogie and Marcella are both 11. Kitty's 12. Um, so they're all like growing old together. Uh, but you embrace it. Your posts just kind of embrace the like crusty old dog vibe, you know, a little bit. <laughs> and I, and I, I really like it because my dogs, um, you know, are, they're both 10 and a half too. So it's nice. I know. I, I know. know. Every, everyone's getting older. It sucks, but um, it's nice. I like seeing other senior dogs uh, instead of just all brand new puppies all the time. And I will say the senior dogs are really great with the baby because yeah, yeah they just want to like, they'll just like sit next to the baby. They're not like trying to like play or like bother me or anything. They're just like chill. Yeah. They're like, perfect. Let's all just hang out here. Yeah, exactly. Well, Candy, it's been so awesome talking with you. Um, this conversation just flew by. Um, thank you for telling us about all that you do. Um, cause I think a lot of people don't realize that you manage all of these accounts, uh, and you do a lot of things. So where, where's the best place for people to go to find you and find all the things you do? My blog, my blog has links to everything. Um, so you can find me at boogiethepug.com. And from there, you know, wherever else. You'll find everything. <laughs> awesome. <Yeah. laughs> well, thanks again for being on the show and, and sharing all these great stories with us. Thank you so much. This was really fun. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at Mystic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.